head over to Yoast, Y-O-S-T, archieproducts.com. Click on shop, go to their pro tabs, their brass pro tabs, follow their social media, and make sure that you check out their specials that come up. Constantly throwing out new colors and options for the barebow shooter. Yoast Archery Products, small company owned by two barebow shooters that absolutely love the sport. You could also contact them at yoastarcheryproducts.com, yoast at yoastarcheryproducts.com, and 717-659-9863. Your sound sucks. Your sucks. You're, you're even, if you look at, not only do you do better than him at the classic, but even your audio sounds better on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Grayson, you've just been replaced. <laughs> All right, everyone. Here we are. Episode number five. John Dillinger, men's barebow champion from the Lancaster Archery Classic. My name is Frank McDonough and... John Demmer. John Demmer, we are officially alone on the podcast without Grayson and his horrible audio. I think he's going to get replaced <laughs> with John Dillinger after hearing his audio. How you doing, Dilly? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Hey, this, is, this, yeah. is the pod, this is the podcast of the dad bods. oh my gosh it absolutely is but you know what hey you can you can have a dad bod and still shoot decent barebow scores yep so it works (laughs) it works you know um yeah welcome to the podcast man we are excited to have you uh we uh, we're definitely planning on having whomever i think all of us were hoping that it was going to be one of us that was winning that stupid tournament but you know, you shot awesome, man. You shot absolutely awesome. So, um, Thank you. as we roll into this thing, Dilly, can you just tell us, like, what's your background? What do you do when you're not shooting your bow? You know, obviously, we know your awesome wife, Tanya, and she's the best live feed camera person in the world. <laughs> All I know is that we were shooting eliminations, and I kept getting Tanya, or John Dillinger was live. I'm like, how is he live? He's like three targets down shooting and she uh, my phone no she she was great because let's face it i don't know if you looked at any of the live feeds but there wasn't a whole lot of barebell coverage going on yeah. hashtag pj get your act straight just saying <laughs> um anyways man so what's what's going on what's your background what do you do oh man uh i'm a busy guy i have five kids um, one of them is graduating high school this year, and the other, the youngest is six years old. So I'm busy. They're all into sports and band and gymnastics and uh, so soccer, I'm, soccer. Yeah, Don't forget indoor, soccer. <laughs> indoor soccer. Not a big fan, but one son loves it, so we have to kind of support him with that. So um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been shooting like. I don't know, probably 30 years, you know, off and on, like, uh, started out like a lot of guys shooting a compound, shooting 3d, never shoot indoor spots or, you know, or anything. So mm-hmm. hunted and, you know, just shot a lot of 3d, a lot of foam growing up. Wasn't really too serious about it. Shot a lot, a lot of local stuff and did that for a long time. And about six years ago, I made the switch to barebow and got introduced to this family and, it's it's been great. I've learned a lot, and so yeah, I'm just enjoying it. So, uh, what got you to try barebow? Did you see something on YouTube, or 
Uh, was there a local that just had a recurve and you thought that'd be pretty cool or what, what got you into well you know i've always had a couple of trad bows laying around i had like a a bear grizzly that was like of course overbowed it was like 50 pounds at 28 and probably overspined compound arrows and always kind of flung that thing around a little bit and kind of had fun with it and then uh you know i think i I can't even remember what forum I was a member of and that somebody brought up this, this barebow thing and I string walking and it kind of intrigued me. And so I bought myself a, a best riser and cheap set of limbs and kind of went out and tried it. And I was like, this is, you know, this is kind of fun. You know, this is a new way to aim. And this is, you know, I <clears throat> thought I could get, you know, fairly accurate with it a lot more than, you know, shooting instinctive snap shooting instinctive and, so, yeah, that kind of just put the wheels into motion, and this is kind of where I've ended up. But that was probably seven or eight years ago, and so here I am. Were you hunting and, and stuff like that prior as well? Were you just a general bow hunter type, you know, yeah, archery yeah. guy? Yeah, just a yeah, archery bow hunter chasing elk up here in the mountains of Utah and Idaho. And so... You know, now this year, Demmer is probably going <clears> to, <throat> now that he won, he's going to be like, oh, maybe maybe I can take the guy's elk hunting this year or something like that. You know, he's not <laughs> salty. He's not salty about getting beaten by you. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> you, had a, you had an interesting hunt this year, actually, but you were hunting trad, if I, if I recall. Who's that? Didn't you have an interesting hunt this year, some of the mountain lion or something like that? <laughs> no, no that, that was, that was a that few was years ago. That was like three years ago. Okay. Yeah, it was it was insane. It was <laughs> everybody heard about it. It was I got stalked by a mountain lion and it got within seven yards of me and I was taking pictures of it and stuff and <laughs> I just had my I had a trad bow with me and I uh, didn't have a pistol, didn't have anything, but I was more oh boy, you know, I was blown away that this cat was just getting closer and closer to me and uh it got within seven yards and i finally picked up my bow i was on the ground with it i wasn't up in a tree or anything and uh it put its ears back and had looked like it had bad intentions so um i shot the thing because it wouldn't leave i was yelling at it and everything so it was kind of a self-defense thing you know mm -hmm. they did their investigation and things like that but it was a big cat it was, it was a big cat how big I think they, they estimated it like 170 pounds or something Ooh, like that. Wow. Oof. So a big male, but yeah, I, there's, I got a picture of me holding it up afterwards and it's, it's, it was about the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> if you take away all the fat, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. It was one of those, I wasn't really that nervous when it was going on, but afterwards, you know, you're sitting on the ground shaking like uncontrollably, like what just happened? <laughs> so that's kind of like being on the stage at the Lancaster Classic <laughs> Shootups, I think. Yeah, that's uh, kind of comparable. Yeah, however, <laughs> however, it sort of explains your demeanor on stage since you know you had a, a mountain lion seven, ten, fifteen yards away, and you're oh yeah, oh look at the cute little kitty. I'm going to take pictures. <laughs> Oh my goodness! How far away was it when you saw it the first time? Well, it was probably thirty yards away. Okay. And actually, I was I was sitting on the ground, kind of in a ground blind. I was elk hunting just over a water hole, and I'd spotted these elk up on the mountain, uh, just above it, like that morning. So I'm like, they're going to come down and hit that water in the evening, like they usually do. 
And uh, so I was like, I'm just going to set up and just play the wind and, you know, set up and wait for him. And about five o'clock in the afternoon, I see something coming through the trees and I was like, oh, it's a cat, you know. And when you hunt up here quite a bit, you, you run into them every once in a while. You'll see them, but usually they're gone or, you know what I mean, they don't want nothing to do with you. Yeah. So this cat saw me and uh, and so I was like, well, I waved my arms at it so it knows I'm a person. And it was still just kind of sit there looking at me, kind of took a few steps forward. So eventually I stood up and uh, it's like, you know, waving my, I didn't want to yell at it because I'm like, this is going to screw up my elk hunt, you know? So <laughs> forget about my life. I'm worried about the elk hunt. <laughs> exactly. Right? I work hard hiking up here. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's tried to circle around me. It actually came around behind me at one point about, you know, 20 yards or so, and then kind of started coming back and getting closer and closer and closer. And it wasn't leaving by this time. I'm like screaming at the thing, you know what I mean? Like at the top of my lungs. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of mad because it's going to screw up my hunt, but it would not leave. And so, you know, I had my bow laying in front of me, an arrow knocked, and I'm like, nobody's going to believe this. It's going to run off any second. So I'm like snapping pictures at it with my cell phone, <laughs> you know, it was like, I mean, and it, it was, I mean, seven yards is what we measured it at. That's where my arrow was stuck in the base of a tree at. And uh, so, you blew, so through, you blew right through it. <laughs> yeah, I blew right through it. Stuck, it stuck in a tree. Um yeah, immediately after I shot it, it ran off and it died not too far away. But yeah, so they came up and did their whole game and fish, came and did their investigation. And so it was justified, but it was a crazy experience. My wife was not a fan of me hunting after that alone. <laughs> so like, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty nerve wracking, but it, it was, you know, like I guess it would be a, a way to go, right? Make a good story for your grandkids, you know. You get eaten by a mountain lion. Yeah, for but. sure. <laughs> well, we need to we need to find a way to put a little bit of hunting background into the show because everything's about aiming at damn X's. So, you're the, congratulations, <laughs> you're the first one to get to talk about hunting a little bit. Because uh, Lord yeah, knows, I've been me trying to get Dimmer out here in the mountains, but. He probably needs to lose about twenty pounds. I was pounds just to took the word right out of my you. mouth. At least, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I, I was at I was at the uh, urgent care today, and they asked me my height and weight, and I, I kind of lied a little bit. I told them, <laughs> but it's probably more like two three. I was kind of embarrassed. <laughs> what in the world are you at urgent care for? Uh, yeah, I fell a couple of days ago on my way to the classic, and I think I had a foreign body. Uh, go inside, so I had to get that taken care of. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Really? Oh, yeah. geez, dude. You didn't catch your pants on fire again or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's good. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Yeah. Leave it up to you. Go that way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Frank, he sends, me a, he sends me a short video. This is like last year. And he's welding wearing greasy sweatpants. Oh, that I'm not surprised about. Okay. Does that sound like a good idea? No. And uh, he, so he sends me this short video of his, his sweatpants on fire. And he's like, ooh, that was a close one. So once again, this explains John Demmer's nerves while competing. Oh, my pants are on fire. I'm, let me quick fire. take a video and send it to Dilly instead of putting a damn thing out and be like, Oh snap! That that's not good. I don't, you guys, I don't think you guys to, are to something be honest, else. I don't. To be honest, I don't think it was on fire, but it was probably still smoking. They were smoking. <laughs> they were smoldering. I saw embers. 
So. <laughs> I saw Amber. Amber, that's funny. Oh my gosh, it's it. You know, this conversation is sort of the epitome of what the range was like over in the barebow section. And I've had multiple people <laughs> say that to me. Like I had some parents that shot. Th- this is their first classic with their kids, and they shot compound and um or or Olympic recurve. So they were down at the other end of the green range. And they said to me tonight at practice, one set of parents came up and they're like, you know, you can see such a noticeable difference between the barebow people and everyone else. You go over to Blue Range where all the compounds are and it's like, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, there's a discussion obviously, but up on the line, you know, they're all, I heard, uh, or somebody was having issues with somebody taking pictures from the mezzanine down to the Blue Range and it was affecting them during you know, qualifications. Meanwhile, like all of us are over there hooting and hollering and chatting and, you know, there's like completely, we're completely not even phased by anything else that's going on because we're just shooting. You know what I mean? But it's just, I think Barebow's kind of controlled chaos anyway, you know, definitely. I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I love every minute of it. So the, the obvious reason that we're having this phone conversation is because mm-hmm. you, sir, won the 2020 Lancaster Archery Classic Barebell Men's Division Championship. So, congratulations on that. That's one. Thank he- you. Heck of a of a weekend for you and Tanya. Um, so that's amazing. And you know, we want to we kind of want to talk about everything. Everything from what equipment you're shooting to what you did in preparation coming up to the classic, like shooting at home or whatever your regiment was. Um, also, maybe if there's anything specific, like with travel, because, you know, you're com- you coming from Utah, while it's not like Mike Fisher far or Sarah Talmy far or anybody else, it's still, for the state side, it's, it's, it's a good distance. So, um, you know, and then how practice went at the facility, you know, your thoughts on it and you know then we're just going to roll right through qualifications eliminations and then shoot up so why don't you run down your equipment from riser limbs rest plunger uh weights because uh, we we all know that you have a quite unique custom weight yeah. um your tab and uh what you're running for strength uh you know at the end of last year um hoyt picked me up so i'm pretty good friends with uh their engineer for their olympic program and um doug Ditton and kind of bounced around the idea you know and so i um, started shooting the hoyt exceed you know in the fall of this last year and been playing around with that trying different tunes and different arrows and, and everything i think i finally found something that's that's working pretty good uh yeah first of all strings i make my own strings it's uh 81 25 um, um, I don't see any reason to use anything else. A lot of guys use a different, you know, string, but it's, it seems to work for me. Bow's pretty quiet and I never have really any, any issues. Um, for my servings, I just use, uh, uh, what am I trying to think of? I just drew six, a blank. Six, 62 XS? No. No. For my servings? Um, no. I'll come back to it. It'll occur to me in a minute. But I was pulling about 38 and a half pounds. Um, 
Yeah, the, the custom weight is just a brass weight that I machined at work. It puts the bow at like 6.9 pounds total, which weight is probably just slightly heavier than what I what I need, but it was working, so it worked pretty well. Um, the grip is the, the dimmer grip from Jaeger. Apparently, I mispronounced it up there <laughs> like twice. I may or may not have been sitting there, and I was like, he's never going to live that down. <laughs> Dude, when you're up there, you're put on the spot. You have to think quick, you know. They're asking you these questions, and it's like you have 500 other things going through your mind. And it's, <laughs> so you make a fool of yourself a couple of times. But, um, yeah, the Jaeger grip, it's a dimmer grip. It's it's pretty sweet. It's got a nice little ridge down the left side. I don't know if you've played with one or not, Frank. Um, but I like it. I think it fits my, the crease in my hand just perfect, and I feel like I can repeat that hand position. And it's not a high grip. It's not a low. It's kind of a medium. And, yeah, it works really good. So I'm glad that they they work together on that. Um, just to rest, I'm just shooting a uh, ZT, Spig ZT rest. And I shoot a magnetic plunger. I'm like the one guy that doesn't shoot a biter. I shoot a, my plunger's magnetic. It's made by ARC. Um, I don't even think Lancaster carries them. I wish they would. I would just buy one from them. But. Um, I think it's a French company, but it's that's what I've shot for like four years now, and then I don't see any really reason to to switch. That's the that's the pro model arc, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What, and what so it actually think? has little clicks, so it actually works great for field. So I can count the clicks, and I can put a zero stop on it and stuff. So it actually works really well. What What do you think the benefit of having that magnetic is over? over the spring like what what makes you like that one a little bit better for anybody who's it has a huge range of adjustment so i mean you can make it super soft or you can make it just really super stiff without changing any springs or anything so i can max the thing out it's like you know really really a lot of a lot of pressure or you can back it all the way out and it's super soft so i mean it's less moving parts and it seems to work for me you know, so I've really felt no reason to to to, to go to a biter or anything. Uh, okay. I think I had an AA gold that had springs in it, and I didn't really care for it that much. And so, I'm a big just, fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the whole less less moving parts thing. It's just less to go wrong. Yeah, you know, and that's yep. that can be in in any discipline of compound. You look at it that way, or, or archery. I'm sorry, compound and Olympic recurve included. You know less is yep. more in archery in many ways so that's really good i've never even seen one of those yeah yeah they're, they're really good i mean I've, there's a couple of guys around here that started shooting them and they're they're really liking them but i've never had a problem with it the, the, it's got a titanium tip on it so um i did have to round off the edges just a little bit on it um where it contacts the arrow but it's, yeah, it's they've been working great never had a problem with either one of them uh, then what riser and limbs you got uh, riser is the exceed, um, which it, it took a little getting used to, I'll admit, but I shot phenomenal practice scores with it. And actually my best tournament sanctioned tournament score with it right off the bat when I started shooting it. So, I mean, it's, it's got some potential. It works for me. Um, you know, like any riser out there it may not work for the next guy or, you know, I, I totally understand that. Um, the limbs been working with, uh, Hoyt off and on a little bit over the last few months, um, trying to, you know, come up with some ideas and John's aware of this. And so 
these limbs, uh, I'm just going to say that just been working with Hoyt. We've been given some input on what we think works best for string walking. And uh, so what works, I think what works for an Olympic shooter out there, as far as what materials go into a limb is different than actually what a string walker needs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's no cookie cutter limb, I think that's going to work for everybody. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's worked really well for you. Um, yeah. I know I noticed your practice scores have gone up a little bit and it definitely works for you under the extreme, uh, pressure situations. Yeah. And you know, Hoyt's just, they're new to this market and they're, I think, uh, they're really being really proactive and they're, they're listening and they're making adjustments to, I think, uh, so they're actually listening to shooter feedback. And so they're, they're actually, I think, moving in the right direction. That's good um, to hear with. Yeah. So, uh, but, and then my arrows are the, the victory VXTs, which not many people are shooting. They're the, uh, tapered arrow. So they're, really stiff on the end and they actually taper down and get thinner towards the tail well conventional wisdom has that labeled as an outdoor arrow yeah what made you what made you try them indoors i just i you know i i got them last spring and i was like i I tried shooting them for like 3d a little bit and they're just they're heavy um i would call them heavy. a lot of people wouldn't say they're heavy but as far i mean if once you go from shooting at like a 3d hv that's like five and a half grains per inch you know, to something like the VXD, it's, it's a heavy arrow. It's a, you know, and so, you know, we don't, when you're only pulling 40 pounds, you, I think you need that speed and it just wasn't there. Um, but I was like, man, this might be an awesome indoor arrow because, you know, it's, and, you know, with victory talking to them, they, uh, it's, it kind of makes sense to me. And actually I was able for the first time ever to run a slightly stiff tune, you know, this weekend, um where with other arrows i can't do that i gotta run weak i gotta run slightly weak in order to clear the plunger and and everything or that tail it seems like uh catches my plunger a little bit more and gives me some false readings and things like that so um they just work for me i mean i'm not saying they work for everybody but you know they 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 seem pretty consistent they're kind of my new go-to indoor arrow actually so Um, for for anybody that wants to try these out, because obviously they worked really well for you, um, they do sell these things in like a test kit uh, yes. with different spines. Yeah. And I will <laughs> warn people that the spines are a little bit different because depending on which end of the arrow you cut off, you're going to stiffen that arrow up really fast or it's going to cut. It's actually going to come a lot weaker than what the spine chart would say. Like hmm. uh, I'm shoot- I was shooting 450 spine. And they probably act more like a 600 spine. Wow. Um, is that, just is because, that because you cut from the back or front? Front. They're almost full length. I think I only took like a half inch off and I'm shooting oh, okay. 150s up front. Um, but like a terrible arrow, like a 3D HB with the same point, it's probably like a 600 spine. Interesting. So, yeah, they do sell a test kit that comes with like three different spine arrows. And, and so you can actually, so you don't have to buy the full dozen and you can try it out and see what works best for you. That's a great idea. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so victory has been good to me. And your tab? Uh, I switched to a, 
Don has been trying to get me to switch to a Yost for years, a couple of years anyway. I've always shot my own tabs. I made out of like belting material. Mm-hmm. And after the U.S. Open, I finally made the switch to a Yost. And yeah, it's been great. I like it. It takes some getting used to, you know, you just get used to using certain, certain equipment. And, you know, I've just shoot it a few times. It's kind of gets ingrained. And so, yeah, it's been great. I was playing with... The... But I shoot one layer, which... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do things every, you know, I took the second, I took that soft, you know, second layer off or whatever, the uh, suede. Mm-hmm. I remove that and I just shoot the one layer of, of leather. Well, it's uh, ironic I like you to, say that though, because I, you, you know, that post I put up today playing with the, the three finger strap on the Yoast. Yeah. And I removed the um, cordovan and used just the cowhide with the kangaroo leather. Is that what it is? Kangaroo yeah. leather, I think. So I have just those two, and it's a lot thinner. Yep. And I feel like I have more control with the three, um, the tri-finger strap, and then the thinner leather. I feel my hand is, it almost, I don't know how to describe it other than my hand feel like it's closer to my face. Yep. And the tab does not move. Yeah. I, I just, I like to be able to feel the string. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like when I'm shooting two or three layers, I can't even feel where the string is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So okay. I don't know. It's just personal preference. But yeah, that's it. Awesome. Good stuff. So, you know, typically I will, when I'm getting back into tournament mode, I'll shoot daily. Some days may only be 30 arrows. Some days may be a couple hundred arrows. This kind of depends, you know, what my body's telling me, you know, if if something's starting to ache a little bit here, I better back off a little bit or, you know, change up something or, um, I also went through some form changes after outdoor nationals, um, last summer. So I was trying to, to fix a few things that were bothering me, um, in my form, you know, try to get it a little more in line. Okay. I was just going to ask if anything in specific. I'm just trying to get better alignment, I guess. I mean, you can see a lot of my older videos and pictures and things like that, and my alignment's just horrible, you know, which is causing and kind of causing my bow arm to be a little unstable at times. Mm-hmm. It was doing a lot of drive-bys and, uh, you know, not really being being able to hold on the spot and float it like I'm supposed to. Um, I've always kind of just got away with it. It's more of a timing shot, you know what I mean, in the past, and just wanting to get, I guess, I don't know if it would be more closed or open, I guess, you know, with my, you know, getting into my back, and I'm just trying to get that bow arm, or not my bow arm, but my draw arm more in line with, with everything, you know, like where I'm supposed to be, and it's really hard for me to get that position for some reason. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't feel comfortable, it's just... Um, doesn't really work for me. (laughs) Um, I think it's getting there. It's getting better. So it's been kind of a struggle and I've kind of had to rebuild my shot a little bit. Um, yeah, but then like, you know, two weeks before Lancaster, I kind of cut back on the amount of shooting I was doing and I was just kind of just trying to maintain, you know, what I had, um, wasn't shooting every day, but I was still shooting leagues. I shoot leagues once a week and, Shot some local tournaments. I think I hit four like state and local tournaments leading up to Lancaster, and 
just kind of trying different tunes and seeing which one was more forgiving and, you know, under some kind of pressure and, you know, experimenting with things. But yeah, it did look yeah. like you, you, um, opened up your stance a little bit more. Is that, did you do that? No, my stance has always been kind of closed. I've, I experimented with an open stance mm-hmm. and I don't know, it just doesn't really work for me. Mine yeah. is more closed. It's just slightly open. It is open, but it's just slightly yeah, open. So it's slightly anyway. open. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were more cl- almost like dead square closed all- yeah. before. And I noticed in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, you still have a forward anchor though, and it seems to work. So but you, yeah. you anchor a little bit further forward than um, some people, or yeah. not than all. I mean, everybody's different, but it, it absolutely positively works. Do you find that? Are you finding that it's harder for you to get into that alignment because of where your anchor is? You have to kind of yeah. twist a little bit more. Yeah, I do, yeah. and a lot of it, you know, head angle plays into it mm-hmm. quite a bit, and and things like that. But you know, I was looking like you know. Some people's form, they, they shoot pretty well, and they get away with that also. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just, to me, it just, it feels more comfortable. It works, and, you know, so it's, it is what it is. But. Well, when it comes to the dealing with the target panic, you have to be as comfortable as possible. So, if that's yeah. your comfort, then that's what's going to work, and it's obvious by the way you shoot. You know, you look at when your your buddy, um, I don't mind throwing his name out there because he shot amazing. Is it Jeff Roy? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean his his alignment and his form is like amazing. He looks like you know he looks like the way he shoots. He shoots really well, and yeah. you watch you know he looks so comfortable and kind of calm and you know and that's like to me like when I try to work with people I see that and then you and I have talked about I think actually we talked about the way you're shooting at Outdoor Nationals via message a little bit some time ago and admittedly and that's the first thing you said to me when you came when after everything was over you're like i know my form isn't i don't like i don't even remember what you said i was like dude if you change a thing you're crazy (laughs) i was like (laughs) your form is just fine you after the performance you put on you don't do anything but um anyway sorry we got off a little tangent so anyway you found your form you found where you need to be i guess right yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel better about it, and you know, it's it's working. Um, I really struggled in qualification. I felt like on Friday, I struggled with target panic a little bit, and it was, I don't know what it was. It just decided to show up, you know, during qualifying, and it was I was fighting it basically all day long, and it, you know, it doesn't take much. It's mm-hmm. a little tiny baby collapse, or, you know here or there and you're flinging arrows in the seven or six every once in a while and mm-hmm. that's all it takes and so um so, so what do you do when that happens like what's your strategy after that kind of creeps in a little bit um uh, you know i just kind of finished the qualification round and i was like i knew i shot well enough to qualify i knew i wouldn't be probably end up being top 10 um but i feel like i could you know maybe work on it a little bit that night or come up with a game plan for the elimination matches the next day. And, you know, and so, uh, you know, like at the end of the interview at the end of the, after I got a shooting, it's like, I was, uh, I couldn't sleep that night. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to what I was using in, in Vegas last year when me and you were shooting. And I kind of, you know, 
my during qualification I was lollipopping it, mm. and it seemed like it was causing me a lot of, you know, I was trying to overate. I think is what was going on. Um, trying to get just perfect and you know hold a little too long, my form starts breaking down instead of you know pulling through the shot. And so I was getting a lot of right shots, and for me that's kind of a symptom of a kind of a collapse you know um so what i did was i basically i went in saturday morning early crawled down the string covered the target like my arrow tip kind of fits perfectly in the in the red you know the diameter arrow you know Mm -hmm. what i'm talking about i think Mm -hmm. you know some people aim that way i don't think it's as accurate but you're covering what you're aiming at and so my target panic basically just went away instantly and so that was that for me that was the difference going into the elimination matches on Saturday was you know I shot strong through the elimination matches I felt like I had a couple of little whoopsies you know but nothing nothing major and it kind of just carried me through Saturday night so we'll see so so before the classic you were lollipopping during yep. practice so Thursday I don't remember if we saw you Thursday or not Thursday Friday um, you were still lollipopping qualifications. You shot lollipopping and then come eliminations Thursday night or Friday night, you started <clears throat> aiming point on as in covering the gold and or red. And then yeah, come the eliminations, you continued that. Yep. Pretty much. Wow. And I, <clears throat> and I don't know what the difference is. You know what I mean? It's funny how your mind works, but I think uh, when I'm lollipopping, I'm trying to peek and see where the arrow's going, and mm. you know, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can contribute everything to that, but it seemed to be working, and it's it worked a lot better. So, who knows what happens next week? But you know what I mean. Right. So maybe I, I just needed to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if that's what you're going to try to do for Vegas and see how it works out. Well, that's what I did with Vegas last year. I was like, yeah. I think I was kind of going through the same thing, so I just crawled down and retuned and and uh, yeah, just covered covered the face. May not work for everybody, but it just kind of worked for me. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's the way Grayson shoots. I tried it. Yeah, and I, I didn't know that until I was I told him about it. He's like, "Well, that's how I shoot." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, <laughs> I tried it. I I it, I agree with you. I can aim so much better that way. But it just messes up my timing, and, and maybe I could probably get used to it. But I mean, I just I can, it make I can aim forever, and it's no problem. I don't like not I don't like not seeing the arrow, um, but it, it affects my release. Like the way my release is, it's I don't know. It's I, I I'd have to play around with it, and I honestly haven't been shooting long enough to really take the. I'm afraid to change. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> that's um that's the way I am. Like I don't like messing with things, but <clears throat> Demer, have you ever shot that way? Uh I've tried. It doesn't seem to work great for me. Mm-hmm. But again, I haven't like you, I haven't tried it for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I get about a half a round in and then I just go back to the lollipop in. But yeah, it's it's weird. I just I seem to lose my back a little bit more maybe it's because i'm used to seeing the yellow when i let go and i'm trying to maybe creep a little bit you know like uh i should say drop my bow arm a little bit 
So maybe that's why it just hasn't worked out for me yet. Mm-hmm. But one of one of these days, I'll give it a shot again. Well, so we got to eliminations. Uh, you, the battle of all battles, John versus John, ended up unfolding <laughs> finally. And while the rest of the world, I don't know if they understand the magnitude of that battle because you guys, it happens constantly. We've talked about it before on the podcast with Outdoor Nationals. And, you know, you guys have some, first of all, how did that elimination go between the two of you as a, because you guys are very good friends. And how did it go as friends, competitors, uh, and also what traditions happen to occur that many of us know about, but maybe not everyone. Um, Demer, why don't you tell us how it started out for you? Yeah, I think the first and Billy put up a, a decent lead. I think three points, maybe second end. I might've, I might've gained one back, but the, uh, the third end first arrow had a little whoopsie. <laughs> um, it was actually a pretty big whoopsie. I yeah. think I gave, I think I gave Dillinger three extra bonus points on his target. <laughs> <laughs> Barebow happened. Oh man, I hated, uh, I hated to see it. I had you, dude. I had you right where I wanted you, and you you did that to me. You took it away from me. I, I took your I took your pleasure you took the of glory. destroying me. You I took know. the glory away. And it took turned it into a charity case. <laughs> no, I was Frank. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm shooting next to him, and I'm I'm crawling down, figuring out where my crawl is. And I hear him all of a sudden just say, "Sorry," and I'm like, "Sorry? <laughs> like, what are you sorry for?" And I glance down at my target. And I'm like, "Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't." So, oh my yeah, that, it it actually rattled me a little bit. I was probably the most rattled that I was all, all weekend is after he did that. Uh, yeah, I hated to see it. I felt bad for it, you know, but, yeah. but I you, you happens. made, yeah, you made six good quality shots afterwards and yeah. never relinquished any sort of lead. So you did what you had to do. Yeah. 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 So I can tell you right now, Dilly, he, that never would have happened if he was shooting against me. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> it's the first time it's ever happened shooting against me. So oh, okay. there you go. I mean, I've seen him do it before, but I've just not, obviously not in those circumstances, but, and well, it's, it's, Hey, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's it is bare bow. And he was the one that wanted to do the signed dollar before this match started. So we have this, this thing where we'll bet a dollar on a match or, or something like that. Yeah. And the other one has to uh, sign it and write the date or, you know, write what shoot it was or and write a little, you know, write something on there. So I finally got my dimmer dollar. He probably has like four or five of my dollars. Uh, oh, like six. Uh, oh. Six, probably. <laughs> yeah. Let's, a little pat in the back there, John Demmer. Um, what, so what is the tally then? Six to one? Yeah, something like that. So you got your dollar. But you know, right. you know what he did in right. Vegas? Did you hear about Vegas last year? Negative. We get down to the very last end. This is after 89 arrows or whatever. And we're basically tied, you know, going into the last end. And I had him on X's. And I was like, all right, all I have to do is tie this guy. And this knucklehead had been shooting 27s and 28s and, you know, 26s every once in a while. And he pulls out at 29. 
on the very last end. And I shoot a 28 by, what was it? Like an eighth of an inch, oh, maybe? Yeah, not even. Something it was like, like 16th. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was close. But so he ended up winning Vegas last year on one arrow. So once again, <laughs> they're, always, they're, they're always pretty close, except for this one. <laughs> yeah. This one, you got me by, by uh, a full arrow. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that started it. I was in just disbelief that I was going to be going to the stage and it was like something I've wanted for so long and, you know, like dreamed about. And now I'm like, uh, oh, holy cow. That's awesome. <laughs> I just don't, is this yeah. the first time, first time you've made yeah. it to the stage and you had yeah, to beat your is. bud, you had to beat Demmer, you know, yeah. the, the other half, I think I swear sometimes you two actually share half a brain. I say that about Grace and, and John, but you two aren't really that far off. And I bet you Tanya and Tara would both agree. But so you go to the shootups for the first time. Where yep. did you qualify? Where, where did you end up at in the, in the um, ranking? I, uh, for the qualification, I was sitting in 12th, but by the time the elimination matches were done, I was moved up to fourth. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, with uh, so I shot pretty strong through the uh, elimination matches. So I was shocked when I got bumped up to fourth. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. Yeah. So so uh, after the eliminations, we had a pretty long break, like five hours or so. Um, anything in particular you did in between? I went back and had a nap for like an hour. <laughs> so old man yeah, power nap. Yeah, power nap and uh, dad bod power nap. <laughs> came back and just shot a few arrows and just tried to get ready for that. And I think that uh, you know the the the, the warm up range or whatever they have set up before you go on the stage is pretty intimidating because yeah you're shooting next to the guys that you're going to have to be shooting against up on the stage. You know. Yeah, like, when you uh, when you got out there to practice, Jeff Roy was there. Yeah, Danielle Danielli was there. Yeah, Yoakum was there, and Fisher was yep. there. Yeah, it's a pretty intimidating environment. It is, and you know, Jeff is just sitting there hammering the middle, and I look over, and Daniel's Dude. sitting there. He's just lighting up the yellow, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> yeah, they were looking good. <laughs> yeah. And I shoot with Jeff all the time. And, you know, that guy, I was trying to tell Dimmer about him a couple of years ago. I'm like, man, there's this guy in Salt Lake. I was like, he kicks my butt sometimes, you know. This guy's doing really well. I was like, so I'm super stoked to see him. This is the second time to Lancaster. And he was, you know, his dreams, too, to make the stage, just to see how he would do. And I think a lot of people are, you know, they're curious just to see how they would do, you know, on that stage. Cause Absolutely. I. You know, you don't know until you've been there. You know, John can attest to that, and it's it's eye-opening. So, And, you know, my whole goal going into it is just don't embarrass Barbo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't do not do something. So, you know, just, yeah, don't go out there and just spray them all over the place, you know, and then you get the YouTube comments of, <laughs> I can do that. You know, I do that at 80 yards with my longbow and wooden arrows and, you know, some of those comments. But... <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was intimidating. My butterflies were going, and and I knew I had Jeff Roy my first match, which we go at it all the time, and we're about fifty fifty. I mean, I'll get him one time, and he gets me. So it's I knew I had a 
an uphill battle right off the bat. So, and that came down to a one arrow shoot off. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you shot a. Did you shoot a ten or nine? And he shot an eight. Yeah, I yep. shot a nine, and I'm like, oh man, that's. A... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I got lucky. I dodged a bullet on that one. But. So how how was it that first match? Like, how nervous were you? Was it? Uh, I wasn't was it... them very good that first one. Um, I was just trying to kind of settle in and. You know, you're shooting a lot kind of, of taking in the yeah the, you're taking in the environment basically I feel like that first match you know what I mean so it's like somebody just walking out there is kind of at a disadvantage to somebody who's been out there shooting a couple of rounds definitely you know um so you got to come out strong right off the bat and I almost got eliminated you know right off the bat I mean it could have gone either way um, really easily so. Yeah, you walk out there, and basically, just for anybody who doesn't know, you can't really see anything other than your competitor and the targets. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is pretty dark, um, which makes for me makes for great shooting. I can see my tab, I can see my crawls, I can see the target, I can see tip of my arrow, everything else. So, the lighting for me was was phenomenal. You know, it was. I think some people probably complain about it, but I kind of have a similar setup in my garage. I have these halogen lights above me and then over my target, I have some really bright like led lights. And so basically when I shoot in the tunnel and, you know, from my garage to my backyard, um, it's kind of similar. Oh, so you're one of those guys. (laughs) I kind of have (laughs) honestly a a little Lancaster stage in my, in my garage. (laughs) Hey, that's, that's um, <laughs> that's some pretty good training advice, I think, for for some just to, to mimic the whole thing. I mean, I I don't, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a big, huge, I don't even know at Fisher right now because you remember when he came out and he was moving, he's moving back and forth on the stage and moving his bow around, trying to find like a, I don't know what he was trying to find to be honest with it, or it was just Fisher being Fisher. I, I could be too. <laughs> But I guess with the lighting and stuff, because I think he came out and bumped you. Yeah. And then he stepped up, and I remember seeing him look around. I'm like, I wonder if the lighting's get got him a little better. Maybe he regretted taking that side, even though that's the side you were on and you were shooting well. In the other side, maybe it was I don't I don't know I, I didn't get to I didn't get to go up there with a bow. In to my me, hand, they were so. they were really similar. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really see any difference. No. Um, from lighting from lighting from one side to the other. So it really didn't matter to me. It didn't bother me. Gotcha. All right. So what you, you and Jeff came down to a shoot off. Yeah. Then you moved on. Who was after that? Daniel Bellotti. Yeah, yes. From Italy, from, Italy, from Italy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He was, he was a high qualifier too. I think, where was he sitting? Mm, fourth, maybe third or fourth. after qualifications. Yeah. So another solid yeah, shooter. Solid shooter who knocked out Dwayne to get into the shootoffs. They had quite the battle. Yeah, Dwayne um, was so on yeah. fire in eliminations. He was, yeah, he was just smashing the arrow, the yellow backstage. I mean, like literally, he was shooting like six arrows at a time, and every single one of them's like right down the middle. So I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that 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 was the match. I kind of settled in. I felt like you know. Um, 
you know, me and Dimmer were kind of talking back and forth and kind of, I feel like I made some adjustments to my plunger, try to get things moved over. I know I, I was creeping a little bit, um, but it was working and I didn't really, you know, want to make any big adjustments, just maybe some small adjustments and just try to ride it out. Yeah. And just to, for anybody who hasn't seen the live feed real quick, because we didn't mention it. So Dimmer came out as your coach. He came out as your support in that situation. Yep. Where it was. So that's kind of cool, even though, you know, he might, might've been a little salty over having to sign the dollar. At least he still stepped into your coach box to, to support you along the way. So that's, yep. that's pretty good. That's, that's good stuff to see. Everybody needs to know that, you know, it's, that's kind of the epitome of Barabo, maybe archery in general, but, um, so anyway, go. <laughs> And I think I think it's an advantage to have somebody behind you because, like I said, the way the lights are set up, it's like you two are up there. You can't really see anybody else, but you can see the coaches and the people behind you and things like that. And you know, so you don't really feel like you're out there all just all alone. You know, so I think it's a benefit to have a coach behind you. Um, oddly enough, Dimmer has this calming effect on people, and I don't understand why, but he was. <laughs> So it, it was actually really beneficial to have him back there. And it was like, you know, just to, and I'm really slow to make adjustments. And he can tell you this, if I'm having like an, an issue with t- my tune or something like that, I'll fight and fight it and fight it and fight it. And finally I make an adjustment and it's, you know, working again, but you know, he was the one that was like, you might want to adjust your plunger. So, <laughs> so I went ahead and did that. I started kind of started hitting down the middle after that point. And so, yeah, so it is a benefit having a, a coach behind you that kind of knows what's going on, not just somebody standing back there, but somebody's actually watching what you're doing and, you know, knows your shot, knows your shot sequence, who shot with you a lot. And so it's a benefit. Definitely. And then after Daniela, um, who was the next to come out? Uh, Joachim Hassela. Yeah. yeah. Another surprisingly high uh qualifier he came here last year uh and did well but this year was a real breakout year for him for qualification what was where did he finish in in qualifications i don't i don't I believe he finished third in really? qualifications yeah i want yeah, to say i do third. i think it was third Hold up quick um, yep third with a 557 nice yep wow yeah that's strong Strong yep, we'll take that back. Uh, Danielle was ninth, um, but still pretty strong with a 46, 546. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Hasala, man, he he laid it down in qualification, so he was no, definitely no slouch. Um, oh, but he I looked, I, <laughs> I had my work cut out for me with all of them, so he looked, yeah. he looked a little, um, probably just like you were in a first match, your little. Yeah, out of sorts for yeah, out of sorts for a couple of arrows and yeah. trying to get trying to get the feeler out there and um unfortunately for him it took him a couple errors to to get settled in and you were at that point you were on extreme cruise control. You started out really strong. Well those last two matches, yeah, I was I felt like I was on cruise control. If I you know, it was actually I was getting more confident like every shot up there I felt like. Um so it kind of helped finding, and you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I had one high shot, high eight, and no low shots like the entire time I was up there, which I was super excited about that. So I was really confident 
that I wasn't dropping shots out the bottom, which is usually, you know, that's my miss, um, is dropping shots out the bottom. Is that you know, dropping shots because you get stuck or you look or peek or what? I think I peek a little bit mm -hmm. and I get a little lazy in my bow arm. And, you know, this kind of sounds kind of dumb. Um, but <laughs> you probably, I don't know if you could read lips up there. I kind of tell myself that I'm shooting farther than I actually am. Cause sometimes I get in this thing where I'm shooting close distance, like 18 meters. I'll, uh, I'll just drop the bow arm for some reason, closer target. You mm. can drop the bow arm sooner. Mm. And so I tell myself, I was telling myself, it sounds dumb, but I was telling myself that I was shooting 50 meters. No, that doesn't you know what make I mean? sense. I, I see what you're saying. So like at 50 meters, you're holding your bow arm out there. I know I've, I've said it a million times to the kids. Hold your bow arm till the arrow hits the target. Yes. But at 18 yep. meters, we get lazy. And, and I we do. I do it. I even used to do it with Ollie with the rotation of the bow through the follow through. It was a lot slower than it would have been an indoor. And that's with the. So, yeah, I completely. And it, just to explain or maybe elaborate on that with people, 50 meters, you're waiting that extra um, second, half a second, whatever for the arrow to get there. So you have a tendency to pause a little bit longer. And yep. for most... It's probably a fraction of a second. It probably is, but it seems honestly. like an eternity, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But you, a bare um, bow shooter, if you're able to hold that bow longer after the shot, if you're nice and steady, it's, as I've, I've said in the past, it's sort of, um, it, it's a, it's a, reflect a reflective thing that you know that your bow arm was nice and steady and still on the aim and that you stayed with it through the 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 whole entire shot so but yeah go yeah. ahead yeah so i just kept telling myself that you know it was like i just kept reminding myself and that's my way of telling myself you know uh to stay in the shot is you know that i'm just shooting 50 meters you know and so i don't know maybe it was just taking my mind off actually shooting but you know, I, I I started doing this thing, too, throughout the time last summer. And it's the one thing I've never paid attention to is breathing. Is mm -hmm. you know, it's like I realized one day that I was like, sometimes I shoot with my lungs full and sometimes I shoot with my, you know, with no air in my lungs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's it's got to affect your shot. So, you know, I try to even before I, I go to my crawl. You know, take a deep breath, try to get your heart rate down a little bit, um, try to take deep breaths all the way up till, you know, I'm actually drawing the bow and actually I'm inhaling, you know, and for what works for me, some people exhale, some people inhale, you know, get your lungs full, whatever. I try to breathe in about, you know, about half full and kind of just hold that through my shot sequence. So I have the same amount of air in my lungs, you know, every shot. So I think a lot of people really don't even pay attention to their breathing while they're shooting. You know, there's so much any other things going on. And so, you know, by taking the deep breaths and actually lowering, feel like I'm lowering my heart rate, I'm calming myself down. So that was working. So I really paid a lot of attention to my breathing while I was up there. Probably that's what I focused on most. Oh, it definitely probably um, helped keep your nerves too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, every like when I got in those last two matches, my confidence was going up and up and up. And I felt like I could just hit the, you know, somewhere in the center on every single shot. So um, actually, when I, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but 
you know, I got halfway through that, you know, um, the round with Jokin. Is that his name? Uh, Yoakum. Yoakum. I, yeah. I think that's how they spell it. I think that's how they pronounce yep. it, Yoakum. Yeah, and that's that's when I was like, holy cow, you know, if I keep shooting like this, I could, you know, possibly win the whole thing. I knew Fisher was going to be super tough, but I just, you know, thought if I just keep doing what I'm doing, it's going to, I'm going to make it hard for him. He's going to have to, you know, really shoot well. So, so speaking of, he was he was the next match, correct? Yeah, and he yep. was the final. Um, he was final the returning match. champ. He was the returning yep. champ. Yeah. Yep. Um, definitely. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> but I don't know. I felt like I just shot phenomenal that last, that last round. I mean, I think I shot like a 112 or something. Yeah. You started um, out with a 29 to put the heat on and yeah, pretty much never looked back from there. You were really <clears throat> solid. But when you're, you know, John knows, he Dimmer can attest to this. I mean, when you're up there, you don't really pay any attention to scores. You're not, for me, I wasn't anyway. I was just focusing on making good shots. You know, I didn't get caught up on, um, you know, three points up on him or he's up on me or, you know what I mean? I was just trying to focus on just making good shots. So and, uh, I didn't want to get caught up in the numbers game. No, I'll tell you, I, I did get caught up in a numbers game in the first round eliminations and it was my demise. So uh, and we don't we don't need to go into depth about that. We'll talk about that when we done. <laughs> Grayson have our, our post Lancaster discussion, but yeah, hundred yeah. percent. As soon as my, my mind went to that, I lost all of my composure, my form. I mean, it probably still looked good, but it didn't feel good. It looked normal. Yeah. It looked normal, but it really wasn't. So uh, my barn went to poop and everything else. So lesson learned there and everybody needs to hear that because you know, you don't, you don't learn to succeed without failure. And that was definitely, man, I, you know, that was a failure on my end and uh, mental it's, a, it's really a mental thing, you know? So you've been in this situation, whether shooting off against John or in other situations, Vegas, et cetera, et cetera, where you, you have that reinforced message of think about form, think about form, think about form, think about process, think about form and just run your shot, you know? So, and then that's, that's a huge advantage to like a newcomer coming in or someone who's never been in that atmosphere before. So, but yeah, Mike Fisher has been it's, in that atmosphere before. So, I mean, where was your brain besides just that? Was there, what else was going through your head or is that it? Uh, you know, it's, everything goes into like, you know, and I watched the video today of like, uh, you know, me shooting and I shot so fast and up when you're up there, it does not feel like you were shooting that fast. It's like everything's in slow motion. You know what I mean? You mean, I was, what do you mean fast? You mean fast as in like your, your entire shot was fast or just arrow after arrow? Like you were arrow in, no, clock start, um, full draw, go. Um, everything went by pretty quick, but um, just the my shot sequence. Oh, okay. Um, felt like it was, and my wife was trying to tell me, she's like, you shot so fast. And I was like, well, it was working, you know? So I was able to actually, my it was so odd. Every shot, my bow arm was like so solid. Oh, that's awesome and i know and i was expecting it to be floating all over the place and you know so it was it was kind of an odd deal i was just going with it i was just happy that everything was clicking and everything was working and um yeah so i mean it's everything goes into like super slow motion and once i would get back to my back get, get back to my anchor get my back it was just like boom it's right there 
you know, and I do this odd thing of my, my head bob, yeah. which I'm basically just trying to get my head comfortable and getting my, my anchor comfortable underneath my jaw. And I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. <laughs> you know, that's what I tell a lot of people when they try to copy something I'm doing. I'm like, I don't really know if you want to copy me, but it works. Um, it's just one of them odd things, but, but you know, it's, I don't know. And it honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be up there. I expected a lot worse and it was not as bad as I thought it was. Do you, so. do you feel like with Rob and John Wirt being there and knowing them so well and the conversation, I actually had this conversation with Rob a little bit afterwards. Do you feel like that helps? Does that calm the nerves? Does that make you feel like you're just standing on the range, you know, having discussion, shooting some arrows? Oh, I like it. I think it's good, you know, to ask archers question in between ends and, mm -hmm. you know, while they're scoring and things like that. I think it's, that's part of what makes Lancaster different, makes it special, I think, is, and actually to me, it's awkward standing up there on the stage, just looking into darkness, waiting for them to score your arrows, you know, and so I, I like the, I like that they're calling out scores. I like that they're calling out arrows. I like that, you know what I mean? It's, gets the fans, you know, people in the, you know, in the crowd more involved. And yeah, I think I wouldn't change anything with that. That's for sure. I think I'm having and, a little deja vu. I think you might've commented on a post in our Facebook group, either the, yeah. our group or the bear, but almost verbatim what you just said that you yeah. like it. Like it, it, it was good for you. And there's no negative attribute to having somebody, you know, talk to you about your equipment and talk to you about, you know, how you're doing or how you're feeling and, you know, it's actually a positive thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's good. It actually, you know, kind of helps calm you down, you know, and I, I talk a lot between ends, you know, when you're shooting in competition, you know, mm -hmm. some people go kind of go sit in a chair and don't talk to anybody. I'm, I'm a talker and I think it's good. It keeps you calm and keeps things moving and, you know, takes your brain away from the bad end you just shot and you kind of hit the reset button and go do it again. So I'm for it. You know, some people may not like it but i i like it I, well you know? we, i know demer talks because he doesn't actually he oh doesn't my gosh shut up. he doesn't shut up <laughs> and he's usually <laughs> something smart it's usually something smart <laughs> it's not like oh the yeah most... good shot man it's more like what'd you do that for no nuts what was that there, there, there was so many things I wanted to say to Dillinger while he was shooting, but you know I had to be a good coach and not to, to, not tell him it. everything he was messing up. I love that you had to stay in your little yellow box. <laughs> they had like a tape on the floor that Dimmer had to stay in, and I think it was killing him. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I, when when you were shooting on the left hand side, I actually got reprimanded because I was hugging the right hand side of the of the your box. box. And yeah. I was getting in the way of the camera because <laughs> I was trying to watch your form every shot just yeah. to make sure you weren't messing up something that needed to be addressed. But, yeah. you know, everything was maybe not ideal, but everything was the same every time. So I, I never even bothered saying anything because, one, you probably realize it was just a little bit off, but there was there was really no issue. It was something that you can get through the whole you know, every match you were just hanging a little left probably because of it. And you made that plunger adjustment a little bit. They bring it, bring it over a little bit to take care of that slight yeah. issue. That's really good feedback, Demmer, because people probably don't really realize, don't realize 
what the the um, coach job is in that situation, and and it's you're not just a the number one spectator. You're you're not really you're really there to watch if there's anything major happening that you can address in the moment. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I mean. I think to be in that box, you got to know the person's shot that you're watching. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I've watched him enough, shoot, him shoot enough, and he's watched me shoot enough. I mean, we kind of know what, when we're we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing. Or so, yeah, definitely, it's definitely a huge asset having somebody back there, if nothing else, just for a little bit of comfort, you know, so reassurance. Yeah, co- so, like comfort, positive words, like every time you made a good shot. Yep. You know, tell the archer, Definitely. you know, good shot, <clears throat> you know, keep it going. Um, yeah. That's, so, yeah, definitely. Really so. so ever as you went through and, and, and Mike um, shot well, he, I think he shot more, more reds than I've seen him shoot in quite some time. I know throughout the, the weekend, we, John, Grace and I were shooting with him on the practice range. And I mean, he was just unconscious shooting and, if that was a yep. tall tale sign of what was to come, I was like, man, everyone's in trouble. And, yep. um, you know, but he just, it almost seemed like Mike could not get into his groove. It was not the Mike that we've seen, you know, last year's per se. Um, and I, I mean, I, I guess that's, that happens. That's, that's part of the game. It, what else can we say? But he was coached by, and we'll, we're going to shout out to Hugo Lobb. He is an impressive mm-hmm. young man. I don't know if you had an opportunity to shoot with, talk to, or or see him. I was watching him shoot. Oh, yeah. what a talent that kid is! Right? Yeah. Um, scary. He's, he, oh, very scary. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a uh, a shooter to be reckoned with here in the future, providing he can stick with it and keep developing. Ex- but yeah, extremely near future. Yes. Yes. Composure, <laughs> maturity calmness he just has that demeanor you know he has that that relaxed calm you know he's yeah and he he already gives mike a a run for his money so that that kid's gonna do some that's gonna he's gonna do some damage in the future and they're they're going to vegas those two are are sticking in the states they're somewhere in dc i don't know where where they're at right now hanging out with grayson probably and then they're, um, I'm pretty sure that's actually, they are, I think they're hanging out or shooting together at some point, but, and then they're, they're going to Vegas to, to compete. So, but anyway, so coming into that last three arrows where, uh, how was it? Were you still on cruise control? Oh man. Um, I think I was, I had one bobble there when I was shooting against Mick. Um, but I, I caught it. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> I think I had two, what I would call big bobbles up there. You know, where it's a, you know, a little flinch, caught it, reset, and I, it ended up being okay. I think I shot a nine on it, but uh, that last arrow, and, you know, you, you know, if you shoot a good solid shot, you just won the thing. That's probably the hardest shot I've ever had to shoot in my life, and luckily, I think I shot a nine, so I was, and if you look at some of the pictures, it wasn't in the video, but I shot it, and I was I immediately, it's like looking down. You know, and I'm like trying to catch my breath and, you know, letting it kind of set in. It turns around and just looks at me. and With that grin. <laughs> you can see it in some pictures, yeah, with that grin. <laughs> and just kind of shakes his head yep. and shoots his last arrow. But, uh, yeah, I, I still can't believe it. I'm in disbelief. Like a big you know, weight was after, lifted off of your shoulders. 
<laughs> that night <laughs> I got, I actually woke up like twice and I had to look for the trophy on, on the dresser in the hotel No way. to make sure it was still there. That's awesome. Cause I was like, did I, did I just dream all that or did that really happen? <laughs> so, you know, stuff. I think we could replay the elimination matches 20 times and you probably have 20 different outcomes, maybe not the winner, Yeah. but you would see 20 different people up on that stage. You know what I'm saying? So it's just elimination matches are crazy. Anything can happen. I mean, we witnessed it this year. Um, there were some huge upsets. Yeah, big changes. Big changes in the guard per se. Uh, of, uh, I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see that a lot over over the next few years. It's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go away. That's for sure. The yeah. talent pool is increasing. Yep, it is. It's getting deeper, and that's good. I mean, that's, that's good for everybody. It makes everybody step up their game, all of us, you know, so it's, it's good for the sport. I think it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, but Hey, I wanted to give a shout out for my, uh, my arrows, Dimmer. Do you want to say anything about them? Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead. You got it. So, uh, <clears throat> let me clear my throat. <laughs> um, so after a successful event, we always have, things that we reflect on, um, things that we might want to do differently, train differently or prepare differently, or, uh, even bring to the shoot that you forgot or didn't think about after you settled down and, and got to reflect a little bit on the shoot. Is there anything that you feel like you're going to do different next time than you did this year? Uh, worked out pretty good so i don't even know i could say i would do anything different um it's uh you know it's it's all in your mind you know what i mean i mean of course you have to you have to train you have to find a good tune you have to find a good draw process and a good shot process and you know and stick with it and don't cut any corners but I think mentally it's, it's, you just got to be in the right state of mind and you got to go into it with the right attitude and just enjoy it and take it one arrow at a time. I don't know. I don't really know if I would do anything different. It was great to have my, my wife there. She enjoys going to these shoots and, you know, share these experiences with her. And so it's, I don't know. I don't really think that I would change anything. Okay. Well, a, a little follow up. Was there anything different that you did this year than you did last year? You know, other than like little form tweaks here and there, um, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, and I kind of just go into the, with the attitude, even after, you know, the first year that I went, I was kind of like, well, I just have to wait my turn, you know, it's just, you know, do everything you can to be prepared. Um, oh, but, well, Demmer, it sounds like to me the Yost tab was the ticket. <laughs> that probably helped yeah it, yeah. it earned him a couple hundred bucks more too yeah it did, <laughs> it did. thank you tracy and really eric yeah. i didn't my my new favorite family they're they, good uh, people they're good people. they're awesome people mm-hmm. they are um it surprised me i thought they were only going to give it for first second or third but it, it looked like they gave it out to first second third finishers that shot yost which that's what i thought too because i saw jeff got a check too and he was fifth yeah so i mean they they stepped it up even in a different level of thinking outside the box which was that's that's pretty cool yeah yeah yeah, that's that's really cool 
cool people, good people. So very, very good people. They care so much about Barbo and will do anything within their power to help someone, to promote it, to, I mean, there's just, you can't, you really can't find another um, barebow archery oriented company that's, that puts its foot foot forward first before anything else. So shout out to them as always. Um, But, But, you know, I mean, you guys know, I mean, my only advice to like a, a new shooter or somebody just getting into the sport or trying to, you know, figure something out is, you know, have a disciplined shot process and stick with it. I think, you know, I mean, I felt like I shot pretty consistent up there only because I, you know, I stuck to my, to my shot process and my breathing and, you know, trying to block out everything else, you know, everything going on around you and everything and just, just stick with that and trust your shot. You know, I mean, you got to have confidence in your shot, but really that's, that's my only advice. Good stuff. We, cool. we had we had some questions um, on our Facebook post. I put a post out there just asking. We're hoping to get Lena. We haven't spoken to her yet, but I know they're traveling and whatnot. But um, we we definitely would wanted to try to get some listener questions or get people to yep. submit some things. And I don't know if you read through them. Honestly, you probably answered most of them. Um, I cheated, and I kind of looked at some of them. You, so. you, I'm like you, I'm, dirty dog. You, yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, seeping down through that post, and I'm looking. I'm like, well, he talked about that. Well, he talked about that. Um, but uh, well, I, I can't even go that with with that one. How many big final? How many big finals did you shoot? And does it get easier by in it with time? Is that something you can get used to? I think you've shot in finals before. You shot Vegas. You shot yeah. outdoor nationals. Never this one eluded you, but you've shot in eliminations multiple times. Um, yeah, is the pressure different for you from qualifications to eliminations to the shoot ups? Did it change? Oh, the, oh yeah. As you, the further you go, the higher it gets. The more you know, stressful yeah. it gets. Um, the stage at Lancaster was by far the most nervous that I've ever been. Really, and. Yeah. Shout I out shot. to Rob Koffold and, and oh, Carol man. for that event. I mean, <laughs> Rob knows how to make it happen and make it that, make it entertaining. I mean, that's in Fisher and a few others that have traveled over. They they all say it. doesn't matter where they come from in the world. They say the classic is it. That's the the event of all events. So, that's I mean, the pinnacle, yeah. That's um, awesome to so, hear. Yeah. And it, I, I think it's funny, like even Dimmer. You know, he can say that he still gets nervous in these things. I don't think you ever like get used to it. I think if somebody says that they don't have, a, you know, if they don't get nervous in it a little bit, they're lying. I think. I, I have what do you to think, John? You. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you just learn how to deal with it. Uh, it, it. That takes a little bit of time. I mean, that's something you can attest to with all the the different finals and close matches. We still shoot. Are my most nervous arrows are the first nine, twelve ish, yeah. and then the last three. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. It's just a magnification of. I think we all have. I think there's a level of uh, experience that goes along with it, and that 
every time you do it, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. So, whereas you guys who have shot in these situations, you don't really feel the nerves until you get to that point, or maybe when you go head-to-head a little bit. Even head-to-head, you might not feel it because you've done it so many times. It's just you're just shooting against each other. And where the where the cards fall, they fall. But, you yeah. know, for somebody like myself who is new to the scene, new to the competitive... The, uh, new to shooting at that level on a training um, cycle and then as well just sort of breaching that score level with competition. For me, you know, I experienced that a lot earlier than you guys do because I've never been there before. So, you know, maybe going into next year, maybe that first round of eliminations or second round of eliminations doesn't get me as much. I'm sure there are some people who are uh, anomalies and they just, they, they don't feel anything and they just kind of do it and it works out and, you know, all's good in the hood and they go whatever, they go right to the top. But I think for the vast majority, it's not that way. You know, that's just my opinion. I think so. Hey, uh, Neil Frana wants to know, are you going to Disney World? <laughs> Dude, you know what my wife did today? <laughs> she booked she, what? She booked a like, trip uh, to Disney World. No. <laughs> she, so she sends me a message at work, and she's like, "Yeah, she's like, I'm taking some of that money, and I think we need to go to Disneyland next spring." Good for you, man. So, yeah, so I guess we're doing that. So the kids are that'll probably be their Christmas present, I'm guessing. And nice, uh, we'll go to Disneyland. So, so she's always been one. She's always wanted to take the kids there. So I guess that's a, it's a good excuse to do it. Instead of the Brady Bunch, we oh. have the Dilly Bunch, and they're going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> my kids are insane. Did you guys see? Uh, oh, they did to our walls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was they hilarious. even did. Uh, yeah, Dimmer's Target, my Target. With the arrow. With the arrow off Where was your target? <laughs> where was? I think I think I read your target scored an 11, 11, 11. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> what was mine? Like a four miss miss, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're awesome. Oh. <laughs> you got a fan club, man. You got a fan yeah, club. Yeah, That's great. That's good stuff. Well, um, Dimer, you got anything else? No, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so what's up? For you and the rest of the year what's going on uh we got uh, vegas coming up that you're going to be at yep uh this is a field world qualifying year yep indoor um, nationals okay and then if i get lucky enough to make the top eight for indoor nationals we'll go to where is it kentucky louisville louisville yes louisville. yep for the nfaa and do the the shoot offs for indoor nationals and then, yeah, field nationals. You got the world field qualifier, um, outdoor nationals in there somewhere. And you know what I would like to do is do the JBD Open thing, the uh, Kings of Archery. That looks like a cool tournament. I know. Really I would like to. I would like to work that one in. That would be, I think, a lot of fun. That looks like a fun tournament. It does look like a so, fun tournament. Yeah. You got to You got to be at your computer when that thing opens up for registration because it only lasts like two hours. Really. <laughs> Fills yeah. Up quick, huh? yeah, it fills up real quick. I guess they got limited space, and yeah. everybody else and their mother is right on their computer waiting for it to open. Wow. Hmm. But we got direct flights to Amsterdam from Salt Lake, so. Ooh. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. 
that wouldn't be too bad. So, but yeah, that's pretty much my schedule this year. Cool. So if anybody out there wants to shoot alongside Dillinger, you you guys know where he's going to be at. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe, maybe I'll pull out an Andy Morales and put a $1 signed bounty (laughs) to take out Dillinger (laughs) in any head to head matchup. That's funny. Oh, really? Andy, Andy, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Andy put a, a bounty on Alex Melnick. He is the, I think he's the Canadian national champ, if I remember correctly, from last year. And yes. he put a, a free t-shirt bounty on Alex. They came to visit the, from the Classic and shot. Um, and he's, so I guess, John, that was your first, that was the your first round, right? Yeah, that was my first matchup. Yep. Versus Alex, and he knocked <laughs> Alex, and I don't know. I'm sure there's a picture floating around of him with his with his t-shirt. And then Joe, go ahead. Oh, not only did I get his t-shirt uh, from Andy, but a- Andy gave Alex a t-shirt, and for whatever reason, they left it on my bag, and everybody was <laughs> gone. So I took his t-shirt too. <laughs> He's like getting that back. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, I, su- it's such an awesome class. Everybody has uh, a good time. Without a doubt. I was going to say I had a blast with everyone. If, and, you know, If we ain't picking on you, we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's the truth. <laughs> 100%. Well, gentlemen, I think uh, I think we, we covered everything and then some. It was a yep. very good conversation. Um, John, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out and, and, you know, listening and being supportive of the podcast and everything. I know you guys are friends and all and this, this whole thing has been a crazy, strange and stressful adventure. But I think us taking guys like you who are well known in Barabo, but giving you a platform because let's face it, the other podcast will talk to, um, you know, like the men's open winner and the, maybe the women's open winner and maybe, you know, the Brady's and all of those people. And, but Barbo sometimes doesn't really get that opportunity to get the coverage and that's what we're here for. So. Yeah. I appreciate it guys. You guys are awesome. I think it's a great idea what you're doing and definitely going to have a lot of listeners. So I think it's, I think it's going to work out great. This podcast is brought to you by Excess Wings. They provide quality veins that I've personally shot for five years now. With the different shapes and lengths, I've been able to find the perfect combo to match my shooting style. I was using the 70mm veins in my epic showdown with Dillinger this past summer at the US Open. I was extremely happy with the performance that it offered with a gusty side wind. 